Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Welcome back to Speaking of Strong Style, where we discuss the news, issues, and events surrounding New Japan Pro Wrestling. And if you're thinking, didn't I just see these two? You're absolutely right. But Jeremy, we don't go according to plan, Stephen. (laughs) We encountered the podcaster's nightmare last night. It is something that also happens to news reporters and various other things. Uh, We finished the show yesterday, and I thought we had a good show. (laughs) I I thought we had a good show. I was feeling good. Venkin Bjorn's here saying emergency meeting. Absolutely. Uh, Good to have you here. I'm glad you're with us. Cheers, everybody. Happy happy Friday, Saturday, (laughs) wherever you are. What's going on? I've got two dogs climbing over me being like, what's happening today? This isn't our normal routine. <laughs> so we felt good about ourselves afterwards. We hung up, just said, hey, that sure. wasn't bad. I like that. It was That felt like it was good and all this. And uh, Colin's here. That was quick. A week's passed already. Yeah. Uh, but uh, Shark's here. Okay, good. We got, the, we, got a, we got a lot of good people here uh, to help us through this. And not an hour later, not an hour later, the news Making comes dinner, down. Dinner, hanging out with the wife, you know, oh. quiet time. <laughs> Just chilling. Just chilling, relaxing. Um, and we get the news that Kazuchika Okada has given his notice and is leaving New Japan Pro Wrestling. And let's start, Jeremy, with what we know. Then we'll figure out what we suppose, okay? Here's what we know. We know that his contract is up January 31st. All this comes from the New Japan press release. He has. Uh, they have apologized for the abruptness of this announcement. But apparently this when he gave their notice. We know he will be making some appearances after January 31st, but things have now been moved around. We know that the never open weight six man tag match with he, Tanahashi, and President Tanahashi, and Tomohiro Ishii facing Kosei Fujita, Shane uh, Haste, and Mikey Nichols has been moved to the 24th of January at Corican Hall. Mm-hmm. The New beginning in Osaka show, which is topped by the big steel cage match between United Empire and uh, David Finlay, now has what is billed as the final New Japan meeting, we'll see, of Hiroshi Tanahashi and Kazuchika Okada in a singles match. We also I like how know... they qualified this, because that's all the last IWGP heavyweight title match between the two in Battle of the Valley last year. <laughs> We know that they are also saying that on February 23rd and 24th, Okada will appear at the New Beginning shows in, in Sapporo. What we don't know are any of those matches. Uh, they have not announced any matches for Okada on those shows as of now. They might do a goodbye thing like they did for Nakamura, for instance, in uh, Corican Hall, where they had They're a special match. They're going to have to do it on the 23rd because the 24th is that big, like, LIJ, uh, just five guys, feud show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, 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 Tora Knight, I can't believe Okada's leaving. It feels so surreal. They still hold the tag belts, right? Yeah, the trios titles are still there, and yep. they have a title match on the 24th. They don't necessarily have to switch them. We'll get into all that kind of stuff, but I'm just going over what we know right now. Yeah. They're we just know- laying out, like, 
You got the black and white New Japan 1972 logo. The we feel logo. we feel really good that he has gotten offers from both companies in the United States. Uh, but or he's open to both WWE and AEW. Yeah, no deal has been signed as of the Observer press time last night. No announcement has been made since. So as we sit here right now, we don't know where he's going. He might not know where he's going. There might just they might just be pairing him off against each other. Apparently, mm-hmm. he has a pretty high powered agent to do that. I believe Bloom. What so, is it, Barry Bloom? Yeah, Barry Bloom, who, who is he's indeed also, a guy that's represented a lot of good wrestlers. He's also trademarked uh, the Rainmaker. Uh, yes. Yes. So. And that was something where if he stayed in Japan, you can always withdraw that at any time. But it's mm-hmm. worth putting in for if you're going to go. So when when I saw that, that he applied for the sure. Rainmaker trademark, it didn't really freak me out because that happens all the time and then they get withdrawn. When you know, it is. So sure. as it turns out, though, it might end up being prescient. And I know that that is something that a lot of people have pointed at saying that, well, he's going to AEW because WWE doesn't allow their talent to do that. Kazuchi Okada is a special case. And he has a high powered he has a high powered agent that might have been part of the negotiations. Mm-hmm. Just like yeah, that twenty five cents a t shirt that most of your guys make, he's not coming over for that. <laughs> he's not coming over. So, for that. so I, we know that here we are, right? Yeah, we know that much as of now, and really that's about as many facts as we have about this. So, what was your gut instinct about this when you saw it? Because mine, I tell you, felt like a relationship and get like a personal relationship, like a boyfriend and a girlfriend. And one of them is just like, I'm leaving you and I'm going elsewhere. Bye. And then both people are trying to, both of them are trying to save face because they still have like care for each other. But like, I feel like this caught new Japan completely off guard and everything. They just, they just scramble to catch plans and as political as it may like be coming off. Boy, it was just like, oh, God, I got out of here. Okay. Yeah. It was profound sadness at first, just as a, as a fan, uh, knowing that uh, the Rainmaker uh, 207 from the discords here, Rainmaker Scout. Hello, the, sir. <laughs> it was profound sadness for me. And I understand that he's going to go to a new company. He's not leaving the industry. And mm-hmm. he may even go to a company for which he can make appearances for New Japan in the future. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be the same, is it? No. There's, there's going to be something very different. And the act of Okada going to an American company means that his presentation that I've grown to really respect and love over the last 10 years or so, uh, and more than that, geez, I guess it's been 12 since he came back from excursion. Uh, the uh, that whole thing, which is I have held up as a beacon of what I love about strong style professional wrestling is going to change. And even if he goes to AEW and Tony Khan says, you just be the rainmaker being on TV every week and being involved in American style feuds and storylines and interviews and skits is going to make Kazuchika Okada a little different and losing that sort of regal air uh, that he had to me. I just felt a little bit of sadness to that. That was my initial reaction. Oh, yeah. we're still going to have Okada. We're still going to have good matches because that's the only kind he knows how to have. Uh, but it's not going to be like the Okada that I have grown to really think is one of the three or four best I've ever seen in my life. It is legitimately the end of an era. And I've been trying to like crack jokes and like keep the mood a little bit light because I don't want this to be like a somber, like, 
burial end of like new japan because it's not and it's not the end of okada's career it's the end of their relationship with each other the good news is that okada is healthy and he can wrestle somewhere the bad news he's not wrestling for new japan pro wrestling on the regular if at all going forward so (laughs) it sucks man it just like it i i am trying to compartmentalize the emotional aspect that i have with it with the realities of where new japan is and temper that in a conversation that people can parse so Mm. it's it's kind of a fine line right now and i'm pretty bummed about okada leading leaving but i am not bummed about that dude getting the back because he is the best wrestler in the world and if he is going to get paid an amount of money that is better than you know, I expect him to get paid better than whatever Osprey got, you know, if he's going to AEW. And if he's going to WWE, you know, you can count on, you know, I would I would be shocked if he got less than like, you know, eight million eight to ten million dollars for like three or four years. You know, yeah, we, like, they're gonna pay him so much money. So yeah, much we money. and we have we have no idea on dollar amounts, but I mean it had to be a big amount of money to make him leave. I mean, again, his wife he has a baby. Uh, baby, a toddler now, I suppose. His wife is a successful uh, actress in Japan. So there had to have been a big number. And I feel like one or maybe both of those companies have thrown offers at him that were above whatever that mental number was. And and they just, right now, we're in a highly competitive field in the United States. And Japan is an economic downturn. The yen is weak. We've talked about it on the show a lot. It costs... more for someone in Japan, what, you know, as far as the exchange rate goes, like if when I was there in in 2019, just before the pandemic, uh, yen were basically pennies. It didn't work out exactly like that, but you could look at something that was 1000 yen. That's 10 bucks. Basically Mm -hmm. might end up 1998 or 998 or 1002, but it was right in there. Right now that's seven, which means that, to buy something for $7, they have to spend a thousand yen instead of, you know, it's just all different. So foreign talent is more expensive and dollar figures in U.S. money translates to more yen for the same the same number is 30% more, let alone with what they're paying Okada. We said it would take a Brinks truck to get him over there. There are two companies that have Brinks trucks to back up. And it looks like one or both did it. And so I get that. It's striking while the iron's hot. He is in his late 30s. It's time to think about stuff like that. Uh, you know, you don't uh, you don't have 15 more years. And, you know, it gets to be like when uh, football and NBA players are like, well, I got one or two contracts left. Let's really make them count. And this could be a way for him to to seal that future of his family. And, uh, yeah, it's it's. You know what it uh, really feels like? Mm-hmm. It feels like all those MLB contracts with all the, you know, the Shohei Otani's and the 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 Shogas and and all the stuff. And who's the guy that went to the Cubs? Oh, you saw him way back, like Coast Cape. No, this is here. Like, this, oh this yeah, yeah, Tanaka. Yeah, there's yeah, there's guys there. So like, this is this is very similar to that. If that they are coming for the payday. Um, on in the state side and there's opportunity here and in pro wrestling for the best guy for the Shohei Otani of pro wrestling mm-hmm. in a lot of ways he's yeah. coming over here and there's going to be a bidding war there he is 
he's that effing good. And there are people that might watch his podcast and stumble on it. Like, I don't really know much about this Okada guy, you know, you know, hashtag WWE and people stumble on it. It's like, yeah, he's really that good. So like when we underline it, he is generational once in a lifetime, all those platitudes that you give to those very special people in their field. He is that guy and he elevates everyone that he is in the ring with. And it's phenomenal. So I do expect a change to the presentation to the, to the way that Okada comes off, like you said, from Japan to here to America, you know, wrestling with the best friends is going to like drag it down a little bit with him. I, you can't have him doing singles matches all the time, but you also like, you're going to want him on TV and you're going to want him wrestling. And how do you keep him fresh? How do you keep the mystique, the aura, the, the, Okada of Japan, it is impossible to present it on AEW consistently. Like, you just, after four months, there people are going to be talking about that. If he's on WWE, it's going to be the same thing. Like, this isn't the Okada of WWE. They're not going to have him go hard all the time. They're going to have him go hard on the four PLEs that they're like, we're spotlighting you on this match. Like, go for it. And then we're going to be talking about it as one of the best matches of the year. But this is the dynamic. This is how it's going to change. And I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic for that aspect of it. Because as we're talking about Okada, we need to then, like, as we measure all that, talk about what New Japan, like, how this affects New Japan, because that's really our beat. And we're saying goodbye to Okada in a lot of ways today uh, hmm. as, as something that, you know, we really enjoyed and and really just felt like this was an absolute highlight and a treat as part of our coverage of New Japan was just having the blessing of Okada all the time and just being like well nothing else fails. we got an okada match so you know it'll 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 be fine for that you know there you were guaranteed something even on a night off for him so there is the aspect that ever since he lost the title to sonata in april he's been somewhat aimless as a single star even though he's had those fantastic uh, never open weight six man title matches uh, throughout the year. You know, he was a final boss in the G1, but, you know, coming out of the G1, he wasn't really a focus of anything. He was wrestling elsewhere and, you know, healing up and doing this and that. But kind of the writing was on the wall because they, they kind of, they really did de emphasize him this year in a way to focus on Naito and Sonata. And that might have burned New Japan in a way because they didn't get the business to get the revenue to keep Okada around. And so there might have been some kind of butterfly effect to that. Yeah, and let's put this into perspective here. Like Flaming Shark says, this is Japanese wrestling history, professional wrestling history. Probably the biggest news story as it pertains to New Japan since I've been a fan, saying Shark, and there's been a fair few. It's interesting. This is, as Dave mentioned in The Observer, and he's correct, the first time a top guy has left a Japanese company, the number one guy, has left a Japanese company for a United States company. There have been top guys who left, Misawa, of course, mm -hmm. and took the entire roster and formed NOAA, except for a handful. Uh, there have been guys that have left uh, top companies as the number one guy, but they've gone to other Japanese companies. The idea of going stateside, this is unprecedented. We have no idea 
where he's going, let alone how he's going to be presented or how he's going to be pushed. That's all pointless speculation. Pointing to other Japanese people on American rosters doesn't even particularly work because all of those people came in during previous administrations in WWE. Not speaking English, I'm curious to see how that affects things. He doesn't speak English very well, uh, if at all, really. I mean, I think mostly phonetically when he has done it. Uh, Nakamura speaks a little bit. You know, uh, Tazawa has learned some, all that kind of stuff. And I, and I know that Tazawa and, and the way he's been presented as a comedy figure and things, don't sweat that too much. I don't think they're going to treat Okada like that. It, it, it's a different thing. Paul, Have you seen I believe Triple H. Well, I believe Triple H knows what he has, and he knows that Okada yeah. is different than. Have I seen what on Raw? Lately? Have you seen Nakamura on Raw? Have you seen the the program well, with him and Cody? Yes, and I like that he's doing subtitle promos in Japanese there, and I think actually his feud with Cody was pretty decent. I thought that was yeah. that no, was. No, I, I think they have. I think there was something very deliberate about the way that Certainly. they presented Nakamura and refreshed him in a way to make him look viable. Um, and I think that was very deliberate to appeal to Okada. You also have to keep in mind SmackDown, the entirety of that show is almost completely held up by a Japanese women's stable mm-hmm. and it is doing exceptionally well there. So I think that there is uh, a lot of viability to how they use him there and he will make a ton of money if he go if he decides to go in that direction. <laughs> I all things being equal, all like the pitches of like we're gonna put you at the top, we're gonna present you as the top guy uh for both promotions. Like if they're saying we're gonna we're gonna put you among like our main eventers here in WWE, we're gonna put you among our main eventers in AEW. And there's going to be a sink or swim aspect of whether you succeed as a top star and end up like a main eventing WrestleManias or double or nothing and all outs or forbidden doors and all ends. I kind of lean towards him being more of a success in WWE. I am too. I am too. And I, it feels weird saying that, doesn't it? But it yeah. feels, it feels weird saying it, but I agree with you. And uh, apparently, you know, like this is, I mean, hmm. I keep thinking about this with with Julio looking at WWE and there's the money. Okada looking at WWE, there's always the money. Mm-hmm. But like for Julia, it, it has to be in her head a little bit. It's like a big crowd for stardom was 3000. Mm-hmm. A normal crowd for a Monday night is 7 or 8 now. You know, it just looks so hot. And the idea of being at WrestleMania, after you've main evented Wrestle Kingdom so many times, you probably have to be reminded who all you've wrestled in main events of Wrestle Kingdom. Suddenly, Mania starts to look like, hmm, haven't done that yet. And, you know, there's all these thoughts that have to go through a guy's head. And uh, I, I get it. And let's go to, uh, I'm, but I'm sad. And this this says it pretty well. Uh, Flaming Shark. Okada deserves the bag. Sure. Oh, yeah, I I'm, I'm excited to see him do something new. Yeah, me too, a little bit. But obviously, as someone who prefers New Japan to AEW and WWE, it's mixed feelings to say the least. Yeah, there's a little bit of worry in there, isn't there? And uh, Venkin has a couple of good questions that we are absolutely going to get to. But he also mentions this. They said, we can go and take the list. NJPW lost AJ, Carl, Luke, Gallows, Nakamura. AEW gets Kenny in the Bucks and Hangman. And this year they lose Osprey and Okada. He says it's almost like a pattern. All that stuff has to do with a couple of things. Money and the fact that there is 
a real competition for talent in the United States that didn't exist before that. It was either WWE wanted you or there wasn't a way to make New Japan money in the United States for since what? The late 90s into yeah, when AEW formed. There, there were Ring of Honor and all that stuff, but a Japanese wrestler couldn't go here and make what they were making in Japan if you were a top guy. If you're a top guy, uh, that's changed now. And and that's it's, a, it's that, a cyclical thing. And it, the cycle is now changing completely different. You know, like ELP is going to be one of those guys next year that if not this year, is like we're going to talk about him was like where he's going. And then Hikaleo and, you know, it's like this happens every year. And now we have to accept the reality that Japanese talent uh, native to Japan are going to be considering it because it will become more and more viable mm-hmm. to have talent come out of New Japan. It has always been a feeder system for stateside promotions for people to make their name, just like AJ, you know, like, you know, like you think about the the Finn Balor, Prince Devitt, AJ Styles, Kenny Omega, you know, like those were the top guys that managed to like, come over to the other side but they were never the only ones there were always people underneath them that had made their name or a reputation and all of a sudden they got noticed over here and then off to the races they went say goodbye to your credit card rewards greedy corporate mega stores led by walmart and target are pushing for a law in congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets the durbin marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun? Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Yeah. It's going to be very interesting to see how this goes. So, with that in mind, we don't know where he's going. We don't know what they're going to do with it. Let's look at what this means for our company, New Japan Pro Wrestling. So well, We do wish him all the best in future endeavors. Oh, God, yes. God, yes. Uh, and, you know, it's... We love Okada. <laughs> Shark, the way they rebound from one of these things is New Japan's greatest strengths. And the weird part of me is almost excited for it, even though it obviously sucks we aren't getting NJPW Okada. A lot to unpack about a non-Okada New Japan Pro Wrestling. Let's start to break this down. Ghetto has long used Kazuchika Okada as one of his, I call it, safety blankets. So this is one of these things where you can have Okada out of the mix. Remember Balloon Okada? Let's not remember that too hard. But he could go out of the mix, and then any time Ghetto wanted or needed him, he could plug Okada back into the main event picture, and it always made sense. There was never any rebuild really necessary. You give him a couple of strong wins and he is either the champion or the top challenger. Mm -hmm. And now 
we are going forward without that safety blanket. And I wanted to look this up, and I didn't have time before the show, and I might do it while you're kind of talking here a little bit, Jeremy. Sure. When was the last time? I'll be listening. Don't worry. But when was the last time there was a G1 where Okada was not either a top contender to win it or the champion coming out of it? Is it all the way back to 2011? Yeah, I think I'm going to be. Because he hasn't been hurt. He hasn't been, uh, he hasn't had all these injuries. I think he's, uh, he's, always, been been, he's always been like a gatekeeper, if not the winner. Right. Yeah. You know, it's like you always, you always, you, you get past Okada kind of thing. And uh, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I can't think of anything. So thinking about that, that takes away the safety blanket. So sure. it also leaves us without a leader for chaos, as Venkin mentions, too. Now, there have only been two leaders for chaos in its history. It was formed by Shinsuke Nakamura. Nakamura was the leader all the way until he left. Even though Okada was the world champion, Nakamura was still the leader. When Nakamura left, Okada obviously was the world champion and ascended to that spot basically by default. There was no announcement made. It was just, this is Okada's group now. And and Ghetto was there to, to kind of say things like that. Ghetto, of course, was Okada's manager, not Nakamura's manager, mm-hmm. which interestingly enough. But uh, with him gone, what happens with chaos? And my question to you, Jeremy, is not necessarily who takes over. Does chaos continue as a group? I don't. You need something hot in order for that to move forward because it just feels kind of dead. Uh, dead in the water as of now, and I don't know what you do with that. And it's almost like you have Hontai, you could fold that all into each other and just kind of figure that out going forward. Um, because you have just this like super cluster of people beyond GOD and you know, kind of bring what's left of Bishop on over whatever. I don't, you know. How does she just be angry at everybody around him because there's no chaos and he's the only guy left that wants to be there? But uh, it just, I'm not sure if they want or it's a good idea to perpetuate a stable with the guy that so clearly defined it for the last like seven years just leaving. And maybe there's an angle or maybe there's a match or something that they do at the very end, but it just feels like this is, this is an opportunity in all honesty to just say, fuck it. And yes, just go, just go wild. Yes. And I, I agree in with my that. mind, just fucking go wild. Yeah. You know, it's I, like you've got, you've got Nido and you have him as the champion and they want him to have this long reign. And that's fine. You can do all of that with everything else just completely going to shit in all of New Japan between the stables and like the fighting and the instability. Just blow it all up. See what happens. Focus on the new guys. Shota, Ren, Yoda, uh, and Yuya. Make sure that they are front and center. Mm-hmm. But Naito can't be the workhorse. Who can be the guy right now that can run New Japan and be the workhorse, just top work rate player? Who is Shingo Takagi. That was my guy, too. Yeah, Shingo Takagi. The, and, and I'm not saying that they're going to do that. Here, here are my thoughts on Chaos. Without Okada, 
Chaos is Bishamon, one of the best tag teams in the world, but not Goto and Yoshihashi aren't up in front leaders of a faction. Neither is Ishii. Just his presentation, he barely talks. I mean, he, sometimes he doesn't even do backstage comments. Part of his character, he, he's not going to be the leader of Chaos. Who you know? Then now we're down to like, yo, you know, come on. Yep. So, what are we left with? And I had a thought on that. If they wanted to keep the core of chaos together, you would have to bring in someone else. And the only contenders I could think of are two, and hear me out on that. Here I'm really spitballing, right? But Shota Umino, who I thought was a guy that is probably going to take over Hantai from Tanahashi eventually. And because he's supposed to be the next Tanahashi anyway, right? Mm -hmm. And the other one I thought is they have a backlog in LIJ. If you really look at New Japan without Okada right now, four of the five or six most charismatic guys are all in LIJ. It's Naito, it's Shingo, it's Suji, who needs to stop losing, but we'll get to all that because the, the, the one theme that I've seen here is where everybody's mind went, and we've got the smart uh, listeners, so they're on to it, but young guys need to come the hell up. Mm-hmm. And then Hiromu Takahashi. Hiromu. Four of the six, and I, I'm throwing Tanahashi because he's got that special connection with the crowd and Umino, as far as people who are the most charismatic in a leadership way, we're in a crisis right now with that. Right now, David Finlay isn't quite ripe yet. We've talked about that. They're heading in the right direction with him, and he's doing his part. But I don't think people see him as a main event guy yet. United Empire is going to be headless in just a little bit. Uh, we know that Just Five Guys doesn't have a top-line guy in it. They tried with Sonata. We saw it. Wasn't so good. LIJ is the only one with like a charismatic leader right now. And my thought on that is maybe it is time with all this happening for not necessarily to take over chaos specifically, but for Shota Umino and or Shingo Takagi to step out of the shadows, gather a group of guys and saying, this is my crew. And, you know, Shingo doesn't have to turn on Naito. He could just say, I've accomplished everything I've wanted to with this place. And you you guys are good. You've got a great crew, but I feel like it's time for me to go out on my own and, and strike out in on his own. uh, I mean, and maybe gather up a group of guys. Shota Umino could do the same thing. This is my crew. Hey, Bishamon, you're one of the best tag teams I've ever seen. Join me. Let's go. And come to the forefront. Yeah. This is a chance for them to really shake things up. And with a lack of leadership around everything except LIJ, now's the time for that. Mm-hmm. And I feel strongly that those are two guys that you could legit put in charge of a faction and the fans would take it seriously. Yep. As opposed to some of the leaders they have now. Who I don't I think the fans know that Sonata's an upper mid-card guy. Finlay's not there yet. We don't know what's going on with United Empire. I think United Empire is going to continue, by the way, because I think they want to do the Bullet Club thing where it's in multi, multiple companies. So those are just some spitball ideas I had, Jeremy. I'm going to shut up and let you talk for a little bit now. <laughs> in addition but, to Shingo, I think I think Zack Sabre Jr. is also going to be in a very viable okay, yes. position going Pardon forward. Me. No, you're correct. TMDK, I did leave them out. I'm sorry. No, Zach no, is, no. They're just, they're the most stable, like, yeah. 
faction that just like can come in and upend anything. And I think guys like Bad Dude Tito right now might have a real opportunity. Uh, mm-hmm. Lawler and Wrecking Crew and all those guys, there might be some opportunities there going forward. Just because there's a vacuum at the top means there's going to be more opportunities underneath to climb upward. So I'm I'm feeling good about the opportunities there. When it comes to Hiromu, he's the wild card in all this. He's the guy that if they looked at him and said, you, you are going to be our, our future star. Mm. I have no doubt that they could make it work. But I don't know if they see him like that. I mm. think they like him exactly where he's at with a potential pivot to the never like section to heavyweight. But the issue with Okada leaving now and not a year from now and the setup that they did, if they needed just a little bit more time to bridge him leaving and to come up to the other guys uh, in order for it to be organic. And so that bridge is gone. So they have to reroute a lot of things. And I don't know if Romo is a short-term guy. He's in a position to look very, very good going forward and to have a maybe Cinderella run in the New Japan Cup. Uh, and then face Naito. Now that I think about it, I actually love it, and I want that to happen. <laughs> they might. I mean, uh, they've always taken uh, him seriously in the New Japan Cup. It's one of the few times they put a junior heavyweight over a heavyweight as, yeah, as Hiromo I mean, in the Cup. If you add Hiromo and Naito at Sakura Genesis, and then Naito and Mustafa Ali, and then Naito, or, uh, and then Hiromo, Mustafa Ali, and then Naito, and Moxley, and, and Windy City, and then you just went from there with future plans. That's a great little, like, journey and setup at least for the short term they're gonna need something soon to get people's interest people are watching right now and very curious about what's happening now that he's leaving and they want to know if there's going to be anything happening next i'm not necessarily sure they can wait on any hot angles until the new japan cup now like they there's an iron hot kind of thing going on right yeah. It's it's a fascinating time, and uh, Vankin mentions a house of torture right here. I would put them into another one that doesn't have a strong leader because uh, while Ren Narita is a fascinating character, and I'm in on this whole Ren Narita Shoto Amino feud, believe me, but Evil is still the leader of House of Torture, and similar to Sonata, we saw Evil on top, and it wasn't great. It's not what we want. And Yujiro is the only bad wrestler in the whole company, and they have they have other people. The cabinet's not bare with House of Torture. In fact, they're a little bit better than they have been in a while with Kanemaru, who can work and and all that. But I would say that's another faction without a leader that can, you wouldn't imagine. I mean, Evil's not going to go in, in main event Dominion or the Tokyo Dome again. You know, they just don't have that. And Zach's going to have to step up as top foreigner, but he's absolutely capable <laughs> of doing it. Not working about that. Boy, well, I think Mark got an extra point to that thing that I had mentioned. Listen to let's this. Hiromu Naito at Genesis is genius because they can promote a world title match for Windy City Riot and say that whoever wins the match will defend against Oli Mox, depending on who it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That is that is very true. That is Good. very true. Good addition. Yeah. That's that um, very smart. I would I would stick with House of Torture as is. There are things yeah. that you want to blow up, but because Ren Narita has been uh, so thoroughly like put into that faction now, I think it would be a disservice to him because his position on the table is set, and there's nothing really about that. And he can 
he could be a part of the chaos to destroy everything else and be like a catalyst for it and get the heat there rather than take apart his whole faction and put him in a like start from scratch mentality. I kind of like that idea a little bit better about using them as just like, we're going to tear New Japan apart and then all these factions kind of come together as a result of Bullet Club and House of Torture and other things going uh, completely, completely bad shit. I know that Ghetto has a year out planned, probably, but unless it's really well, that's, blowing that's everybody gone. away, like that's gone. Just. Just throw the book away, man. Start over. <laughs> uh, Shark mentioned something because we talked yesterday that ticket sales and merchandise are their two most important uh, in streams of income without those big TV deals. And he says, Chaos doesn't move merch the way UE or BC does. As far as he knows, I know some of the guys, some of the guys do, but they still would if they went to other factions, not the brand or the faction, uh, which is which is funny. I think you're right. But I, the only scarf I bought was a Chaos scarf when I was in Japan. Uh, I could see them wanting to keep UE, but uh, why do it for Chaos? And that, that's kind of my point, too. I just don't know what Chaos is without that charismatic leader on top. And that's the, that's what I had in mind. for Hantai, you already have a Jado version of it. It's almost like the Hantai House of Torture where they're all – they're not off on their own. They still team with other people, but it's their own thing, the G.O.D. And – that could just be a thing that you just be the gorillas of destiny out there. And then some of those Hantai and chaos guys are lost could either join up with Shota or with uh, Shingo. I keep mentioning those too, but you could make it others. Uh, the other thing is, I mean, we all, everyone here agrees, I think, right. That the four guys and we're, we're throwing away the Ray with three musketeers. There's four of them. It's way more is in there with them. Those guys need to stop losing and they need to start going straight up the card the time for the youth movement is absolutely right now. And whether that may also means the war dogs better get ready mm-hmm. uh, that uh, on the heel side of that, uh, Narita needs to be strong. Kanemaru needs to be ready because all of those guys are going to be uh, more important than ever. If United empire is promoting TJP, so to speak up uh, and we don't know, but he, he mentioned that, you know, he might not be a junior for a whole lot longer. So and that means Francesco Akira might be time for his singles run in, in that direction too. So uh, it, the one thing that's kind of exciting about this is that it could trigger that avalanche of new talent being pushed because I don't think they're really going to have a choice. Outside of that, a lot of the guys they have that are upper mid card that you would think needs to take that one step up, have already taken that one step up and not done that great, like Sonata, like Evil and all that. Time for Zach, who's not, I'm not putting him in the, the category of the youngsters, but Zach, some of the, the, the Musketeers and Uemura, this is the time, Ghetto. If you've been wondering when, it's not 2025, which is probably what he had in mind, <laughs> but it's 2024, bro. Okay. Time to go. Time to go. Okay, so who's the one you belt? Man, that's so hard. That's so hard. Like, who it? takes the belt? Who takes the belt off? Naito, you're talking about? No, you say you got to pull the trigger on these guys, right? Like mm-hmm. in my mind, I thought two Wrestle Kingdoms from now, one of these guys would be challenging for the IWGP title. Maybe lose it, but like having mm-hmm. that big moment in two years. Mm-hmm. Maybe it happens this year. You know, from the very beginning, I've been predicting that Shooter would get there first, just because of the way they 
presented him with a different entrance, with the, the undoubtedly Tanahashi-esque presentation, with all that. I thought yeah. this is the guy they have in mind. I still think he's first in line, barely, behind Narita and Suji with Uemura, barely fourth. All of those things could change with a little bit of booking. Uh, but I feel like I feel like Umino's the one. The issue is there almost needs to be, well, you know, it, it's New Japan, so you don't have to have a heel take the belt off of Naito, but the sentiment is so strong with Naito that it almost makes sense. The, the only other one, Jeremy, I keep thinking about this one, was the LIJ struggle, right? What if Shingo breaks away, forms his group, and it's Shingo versus Naito? Naito could beat, he could lose to Shingo, and... That could work. Uh, you know, I'm just throwing that around. Zach. Another one that... that, it, could that, be, that it could be Zach time. Might you know, be Zach time. Be guy, he, that could be a strong, like, global title feud. Like, he could yeah. be end up, like, him and Finley feuding, and then Finley ends up being the guy that they're chasing Finley all year oh, round. I you forgot. Know, like, We've got a guy that knows exactly what we're talking about. USVA guy is here. He says yeah, Chaos yeah. merch does still move well. So maybe they get a new leader for Chaos. You know, they, maybe... Savon knows. <laughs> Well, maybe Shooter goes in there and just says, "I'm the guy." You know, gather around behind me. We're going. We're going to the. We're going up the hill. Or Shingo. I mean, if I you had those two because they feel like chaos leaders. But uh, you know, and they, the question is too. I mean, does New Japan have the money to make the push for Nakajima now and bring him in? I mean, there's all yeah. I was going to wonder if like, do you bring Nakajima in? If that is kind of a try-hard move at this point, you know, like if that just like, oh, you're chasing something, trying to like get something hot and like if you had done it before okada was leaving it would well it would play better than now that he's let's go into something else we discussed a couple months ago jeremy because vankin brings it up i'm glad he's here man he's he's pretty he might as well be hosting this thing but you know it, he's he brings up another very good point we mentioned that we didn't know who was going to win that three-way at wrestle kingdom because the case to be made for moxley winning would be for shooter to get his match against his mentor right what if Mox takes the title off of Naito? Doesn't necessarily have to be in the very first match and win. He said, oh, it could. It could. I mean, he doesn't lose very much in New Japan. Mm -hmm. uh, it could. And then Umino is the one that gets it back to Japan. Uh, Umino is the one that, that brings it back home, uh, overcoming his mentor uh, to do so. That's a story they could tell. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, real quick, I'm going to do the whole like, subscribe, click, share spiel. Uh, okay. If you like what you're hearing here, this is a special episode. Uh, you can watch us every Thursday at 5.30 p.m. Eastern at the Fight Game Media YouTube channel. We have an audio podcast that you can find by searching Speaking of Strong Style. In addition, some of our episodes do end up on the Fight Game Media audio feed on the weekends, like this one will. On the Fight Game Media audio feed, as I said, we'll be here talking about this episode. Most episodes sometimes have fun stories. There was one I forgot to share yesterday, including when I was at the hotel at New Japan Pro Wrestling. I went into the lobby and I ran into one Red Shoes dealing wow. with the front desk. Red Shoes was not wearing red shoes, Stephen, no. as I told no, you. I know. I was, uh, yeah, I, I was almost disappointed to hear it until you told me what he was wearing. Red Shoes, when I looked down, was wearing red socks and red slippers. Yes! The and man lives his gimmick. Nothing can make me happier. I kept a straight face. I gave him a nod. I gave him a nod back. He could no longer see my face. <laughs> Delight. Delight. Uh, 
like and subscribe wherever you see the fight game media the speaking of strong style share you know spread the wealth spread the idea we love talking about new japan we are here talking 90 minutes every week steven let's get back to this because we're not going to be going 90 minutes today <laughs> no you never know but let's look at some of these comments because it's very telling jeremy the number of the combinations for the four as being recommended for pushes is really fascinating so um Dunstan just says Suji or Shota are the only two that can be the next stars. Shark says Suji over Naito, or you can go Mox and Umino route. Yeah. USVA guy. Yuya. Uh, you know, the, you you like the, quiet, the, the quiet one. He's the pure yeah. baby face. And yeah, I kind of I kind of see like the Tanahashi route with him. So I'm not I'm I would not rule out Yuya just yet. Shark says, I doubt it's Narita yet. Yeah, me too. Uh, so Uemura, Suji, and Amino, you know, and then we get Yuya and Ren aren't ready. So, Suji and Shota are the only two that make sense. Uh, you know, please be Zach time. You know, it, <laughs> you know it, it is a fascinating thing, but I agree that Narita in House of Torture isn't the world champion in this iteration. It's not time yet. And they still have to work out the whole Umino thing. And although you can drag that out for a while, I don't, I don't have any problem with that. But it does feel a little bit like it's he's not the top guy. I feel like Suji is a little bit ahead of Uemura, even though Uemura got that win, just mm -hmm. charisma Ooh. and crowd reaction wise. But I think that Shota's ahead a little ahead of all of them. That's just why I put him. I I hate to say it like this, but I feel like Uemura's win over Yuya or over Yoda was a story for Yoda and not a story for Yuya. And I mm -hmm. mean that yeah. in, in which, like, this is Yoda's story to overcome rather than Yuya's highlight of getting one on him. And I think that's the story for now. And uh, Shark says, you mean, Umino leading chaos, I'm down. Nakajima play can't really hurt. Why not go crazy and go wild? Well, I bet it's being discussed. I don't know if they'll do it, but I bet it's being. And uh, Dunstan says, now's not the time to have a Gaijin who isn't around with the top title. We need to sell out shows more than ever. Flaming Shark comes back with, they aren't selling out shows in the short term, no matter what. True. Uh, make sure the shows are great and push the young guys. Don't mess it up. Let's get crazy, but don't panic. Well, that's going to be I'm important. Sure. Not, not panicking is going to be important. I, I've kind of put together that that Finley title is for guys like Nick Nemeth. Mm -hmm. They should go after Kento Miyahara. Sure, why not? <laughs> yes, please. Uh, he's on, he's only the best guy in the world that's not in New Japan right now. Probably. Well, that, that's but he's the best guy in Japan that's not in New Japan right now. Finley with the uh, the global heavyweight title, I kind of feel like is for guys like Nick Nemeth and people taking a cup of coffee in New Japan have these like matches that get American fans like, oh, that guy's wrestling that guy. That's interesting. And if not as germane to the IWGP main event until Finley is no longer doing that. But that kind of just feels like we're, what that is right now. The more I think about it, the more I think Moxley might enjoy putting over Umino someday. It doesn't have to be this oh, year absolutely. or this month, but I think he would enjoy doing that. Like, you know, I think he would enjoy uh, yeah. laying down for, for Shooter once uh, in, a, in a big time to really set his uh, set his boy off there. I think they really I do was, like each other. I was honestly, like, bummed yesterday, but... It, there's a lot of silver lining to this. I'm I'm yeah. excited for what's coming next for New Japan. The sky is not falling. I'm happy that Okada felt comfortable to walk away and really pursue getting paid like the star that he is. I'm excited for the option and the possibility of New Japan to thrive with new generations without the crutch of leaning on Okada, like you said, in which when the fallback plan of break glass, we have Okada here, we can just do that. It got comfortable. It got lazy. 
in all honesty, after he won the title against Jay White, there was different Okada. They were testing stuff out. Asshole Okada, which I tremendously enjoyed. They <laughs> gave him the never open weight title because they had that story there. But like, there really did feel like it wasn't the focus wasn't on Okada, and it wasn't mm-hmm. like legendary pristine Okada outside of matches in AEW, outside of like those singles matches with Danielson and, you know, Wrestle Kingdom. When he came to AEW, those were the conversations. Those were the big time people were getting excited about Okada. That's going to change when he's there all the time. But I want people to be excited about the open secret of how amazing Okada is. Yeah, no, I think that's well said. It's it's going to be, in some ways, it's going to be fun watching the world see what we see because i have a friend who doesn't watch aew because he has youtube tv and turner's not on there so he doesn't have (laughs) so but he watches some wwe he'll watch the ple's and things like that and if he goes to wwe i'm genuinely excited to just like wait till you see how good this dude is and say i mean i i'm gonna finally get the show show. (laughs) yeah so uh colin mentions getting manabu soya from noah Hmm, yeah why not uh you know the, the working agreement with noah could really help right now <laughs> as far as getting some new people in there. And uh, and a USVA guy mentions uh, keep an eye on Kiyomiya and Nakajima. They've done well with their New Japan trials both in and out. I will, I will say this. I think the chances that we see Osprey and Okada back in New Japan this year have dramatically dropped now because they need to not remind people that they are like mm-hmm. in, the, in the vicinity, in the forefront. Maybe we have something with them at Forbidden Door. You know, like some of the maybe they have a match when you know to kind of revisit some of the angles they needed to like wrap up. They were hoping to do, but in all honesty, keep those guys far away from New Japan for the foreseeable future. That's a really interesting point and a really important one. And I'm going to tie WWE into this here for just a moment, where it's still New Japan centric. There were years, plural, where everyone was waiting to see not what the main angles are on Raw or on SmackDown when the big shows would come around. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mania and, unfortunately, the Saudi Arabia blood money shows. But when those shows would come around, people weren't talking about what the angles were on Raw and SmackDown. They were talking about who's The Undertaker going to wrestle, who's Brock Lesnar going to come back and wrestle, who's Goldberg going to wrestle. Mm-hmm. And it took away from the stars of the show. I don't think it, there's a lot of things going on in WWE. The Undertaker finally retiring, although I respect everything he's done, but you know, he aged out. Same with Goldberg. Lesnar lesson, you know, is still around, but you know, not having those crutches, different kind of crutch, but not having those crutches has made them go with different people at the big shows, and the company is hotter. There are a lot of reasons the company's hotter. The lack of Vince McMahon is a big one. But just the idea that you can't just break glass and bring out The Undertaker. You have to work. We have mm-hmm. to come up with full-blown stories to drag people in because we can't just have someone standing in a ring and hit a gong. Doesn't work anymore. There's a little bit of thing where we have to work now. We have to find new people. We have to tell stories because we can't just play the sound of the coin dropping anymore. Yep. And that does lead to some exciting things. It has in WWE. Companies that have been ransacked before have recovered and done interesting things. Uh, I can go all the way back to the 80s with Choshu's army. Ricky Choshu, uh, who 
took a whole group of wrestlers, left New mm-hmm. Japan, went to All Japan, then took those guys who were all on top and went back. Those companies were forced to figure out new things to do. Yeah. And, and it led to some boom periods. So with a little bit of optimism and faith in uh, the wrestlers that we watch up and down, this is the opportunity to shake things up. Maybe that we have been hoping for for a while now. Uh, I watched that Noah show on January 2nd. And the thing that struck me was like, my God, almost everybody in a major match is over 38 years old and sometimes 50. And it's the same guys that were in the matches 10 years ago. And I started looking at the the new Japan roster and I think, "Mm, we're about three years away from this being the situation here. (laughs) Maybe this is time for that youth movement that we're finally uh, we're, that we're yeah. finally going to get. Last person that I'm going to mention here is uh, Esteban. Yes, the guy mentioned it. Kiyomiya. Should they Scott? Should they just bring him in full time and you know wrap I, him around as one of the top guys in the promotion? He's a little bit divisive, isn't he? There's some people that don't find him that interesting, but I'm, I'm on the other side of it. I, I like the guy. Yeah, yeah, I like the guy. I, I like Good. I like the team with Oiwa. I like the uh, the the senpai kohai. Uh, relationship between the two of them, and I think Oiwa is going to be a hell of a talent when he comes back too. Fujita already is, but Look, if you, you know, again, you had, more of that. Yeah, you had a half dozen guys. If you had Yuya, you had Shota, you had Ren, you had Yoda, you had Kiyomiya, and you had Hiromu as the six guys at the top of the promotion. I would take that promotion any fucking day of the week. Yeah. Yeah. It's just very interesting. I so uh, early predictions are some. Faction shakeups, yep, out of necessity. Yep, younger guys getting pushed. Yep. If we come around here a year ago and we're still talking about Naito, Sonata, and Evil, I have a feeling we're going to be talking about why Wrestle Kingdom wasn't that much of a success. This year. A lot of gimmick matches, a lot of gimmick matches coming up. Yeah, uh, what, what a what a flashy stuff to uh, kind of you know look over here while we uh, figure out the shit over here, and then uh, the loose prediction: Roman wins the New Japan Cup. Hiromu and uh, Naito at Sakura Genesis and its flaming shark says have them advertise either one if the winner being a world title match yeah. right itself. Yeah, it does. I mean, there there are choices there. Uh, Collins is the guy who wrestled Ishii at the Noah New Year show. Well, you already have an Ishii. That was like they those two are separated at birth anyway. Um, but uh, yeah, there are there is talent out there that could come over. They Mata could bring Kinemiya. guys in. It was Mafia yeah. Kidamia that he wrestled. Kidamia. There were, I mean, there are people on these, uh, I'm not saying like number one top guys, but there are people in these Frontier Zone matches that have shown to be pretty talented that they, and those Frontier Zone matches aren't just for their magnanimous love of indie wrestling. It's to scout these dudes too. So, <laughs> uh, you know, some of those guys might come in on a lower level and work our way up, but I, I just have a feeling that the lineup at Wrestle Kingdom 19 is going to look so different than, 20, than, than 18 for many reasons. I mean, you might see some names, but they're going to be in different spots. It's uh, hopefully very, uh, hopefully turns out to be very exciting. It'll be definitely be interesting. I just hope uh, with a little bit of faith, I think this could be a, a very new era in uh, in New Japan right now. And this might force the hand. I, I'm into it, man. And, uh, you know, I think we'll have more thoughts next week as we talk about the show and just kind of get a vibe of, you know, how the audience has reacted and a little oh bit God. more announcements and all that. How but... fascinating is tomorrow now? Oh, the yeah. New beginning in Nagoya oh, yeah. because Okada is wrestling on that show with Ishii and Tanahashi and I believe Honma, or no, Makabe, either Makabe yeah. or Honma, one of the uh, Great Bash Shield guys, against uh, their challengers for the Never Open Weight titles and Zach. 
So yeah. they're doing a, an eight-man preview tag. And then, of course, uh, at Corican Hall on the 24th, underneath Shota versus Ren. Interesting. Underneath. All the all the appearances will be the title match. All hit differently now. They all mm-hmm. hit differently. Can you imagine, Jeremy, I, sitting there, you knew that that was one of Osprey's last New Japan matches. Imagine you were watching... Really, like the, the end one of an of the era, man. Yeah. I went from like on cloud nine of like I love New Japan to like oh my god, like I'm never gonna see that ever oh. again. What it felt like, like it's all, all right. D- all right, Dustin, we're gonna be checking on you through the week here, but he said all my don't be apoplectic. We're gonna be I, okay. I don't, I don't trust Ghetto. Well, you know, it, this is his greatest challenge. I, I, this is a bigger challenge than when Nakamura, AJ, and the Good Brothers left because. AJ was a top guy. The Good Brothers were a big-time tag team. He had others. Nakamura was a big-time guy, but he was not number one. Okada was. Mm-hmm. This is his biggest challenge, losing Osprey and Okada in quick succession. In the past, he's come up with some great stuff. I understand your trepidation. I really do. I'm a little nervous, too. But Ghetto has proven that he can come up with things when his back is against the wall. And, you know, maybe this is just a little splash of cold water that uh, that he needed. So, man, we're going to be we have so much that we're going to be keeping our eyes on here. And uh, I'm so glad that we have all these guys and uh, men and women around that are listening and watching us. uh, Because we're okay, and you're going to be okay too. Speaking of strong style, it's going to be here every week to break all this stuff down and watch it all happen. And that's that's what I'm that's what I'm really excited about because we will be here to chronicle this whole new era. And uh and Benkin mentions it here. Uh if he manages, he is the booker of the year. Boy, uh, yeah. Uh, and the USVA guy trusts the process. The company has a far better infrastructure than anyone in the industry. No one else compares. Let's hope it's true. Um, uh, you know, it's um certainly in Japan, that's true. It's just a uh, Hmm. It's it's gonna be a fun ride. It's gonna be a fun yeah. ride. And we're just starting to get on it. All right, my man. Let's take it out of here. We'll see you next week, guys. Next Thursday. This is a special episode. We're not usually here on Fridays. Sometimes we wanna get fancy and footloose. We are, but uh usually Thursdays, 5 30 p.m. Eastern on the YouTube channel. Thanks for joining us, everybody. For Jeremy Feinstone, I'm Stephen Conway. This has been Speaking of Strong Style. We will talk to you again in our regular time on Thursday very soon. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.